I recently heard a fascinating talk on what is called the infinite game by Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek is a best-selling author who writes on leadership. His talks are generally very good. And over the last few years, he's returned to this talk topic repeatedly. And the basic idea is this. There are at least two kinds of games we play. Game being used as a broad metaphor for events in your life. Finite and inf infinite games. Finite games are those we are familiar with, like football. They have a limited time, they have set rules and clear winners and losers. Goal of infinite games, on the other hand, is simply to stay in the game. It is to keep playing. There are no set rules, there are no clear winners or losers, and there is no set timeline. When we get those games confused, we are bound to lose and lose badly. Sinek gives the example of the Cold War as an example of an infinite game. Neither side could win or lose, it just had to keep going until one dropped off. The Vietnam War, on the other hand, was an example of getting the games wrong. Something, some insights which could apply very well to the war going on right now in Ukraine. In Vietnam, the US apparently won almost all of their battles. They were better equipped, they were better trained. Their casualty numbers were in the small thousands, while that of Vietnam was in the tens of thousands. And yet, they lost. The loss was because while the Americans were trying to win, the Vietnamese were fighting for their life. They were playing a finite game, but Vietnam were in for as long as it takes. The infinite game continued while the Americans dropped off. Both these games require different mindsets. They require different strategies, different decisions that we make, and different evaluations of success. In an infinite game, one does not pitch against an opponent, but one pitches for a just cause, a grand division. You're there as long as it takes because you know what you want to achieve. You're not worried about who is competing with you. Sometimes you get ahead, sometimes you fall back. But as long as you keep going, you're bound to win. Or at least you have a great chance of winning. And sometimes the vision is of larger than your own life. I'm thinking of this today as we come to the story of Elijah, whom we find exhausted at Horeb, which is Sinai, the mountain of God. This was where Moses received the Ten Commandments. And Elijah is here because his life and all he has worked for seems to have failed. But that is surprising given that just the day before, maybe not the day before, just shortly before, he had scored the greatest victory of his life. Maybe the high point of his prophetic vocation, you could say this was what he had prepared for for all his life. The contest was between himself, alone on one side, and all of Israel, particularly the 450 prophets of the false god Baal on the other side. His victory was as climactic as that between Moses and Pharaoh. And he ruined them and came out in blazing flying colors. Yet the next day he was fleeing in fear for his life. But even more, he had lost all desire to live. What happened? What he thought was a finite game, maybe a very long finite game across his lifetime was actually an infinite game. He won but the game was still ongoing, which he didn't expect. His nemesis, the Queen Jezebel, who was the one who introduced Baal worship to Israel, was not yet defeated and had vowed to come after him, and he had no more energy. He took his eyes off God 
and he was just frustrated and worn down enough to die. And standing at Horeb, God will ask him, What are you doing here, Elijah? A strange question. It was God who told him to go there, but it was Elijah who needed the answer. He needed to open up, get in touch with his pain. And Elijah was in a lot of pain. Elijah first asserts his achievements. I have been zealous for the Lord. And then he complains. Israel have turned to Baal, forsaken the commandments and killed the prophets. He is the only one left. In other words, he's saying, God, I have worked zealously for you in impossible circumstances and you have not done your part. You have let the side down. You have let Israel turn away. You have let the prophets be killed and you have not backed me up. That is his pain. That is what he's crying out. And Elijah's name means Yahweh is God. This is the essence and direction of his whole life. This is exactly what he has shown to all of Israel just now. But now he is turning on his God, the very purpose of his existence, because he has lost his vision. He did not expect something to go beyond his own lifetime. He expected it to be over. A finite game and the infinite game tripped him up. And so God humors him. He says, fine. You want me to answer? I will give you the answer that you expect. There is a mighty wind tearing apart rocks. Then comes an earthquake and then a fire. All these were elements which accompanied Moses when Israel saw and cowered in fear. And it's as if God is asking him, is this what you want, Elijah? To threaten Jezebel? To show to Israel my glory? Fine. Do you want this? And Elijah finds that it does nothing to revive his spirit. He remains dead inside. And then there is the still whisper, a silent breeze which makes him sure. God breathes on him the breath of life, the kiss with which he awoke Adam. And in this he shows him his unique love, his providence. And suddenly Elijah comes alive, knowing the love and the personal love of his father. Now God gives him a new mission. He is to anoint a new king and a new prophet, Elisha. And as it happens, they will be the ones who bring down Jezebel. Elijah's mission was bigger than himself. Elijah's role was crucial. What he had to do was impossibly necessary. If he hadn't done it, Israel would have kept wallowing in their muck. Yet he couldn't finish the job. It was not meant to be. Someone else had to finish it. And this was what Elijah had to recognize. And not knowing that almost destroyed him. Most things in life, at least the most important for us, are infinite games. My marriage is an infinite game. Maybe I feel like I've worked so hard to give my wife what she wants, but she never seems happy. And I feel I'm ready to quit. Maybe it's because I've been trying to score finite victories when it requires an infinite vision. And finally, it doesn't serve me. There are underlying issues I need to confront which will be uncomfortable in the short term, but are crucial in the long term. I say I do everything my boyfriend likes, hoping he will marry me, but he doesn't seem interested. Or worse, I get married and realize it's already broken. Maybe it's because marriage by itself is just, an inf just a finite vision. If that is my only goal to get married, that is just a finite victory. I never worked out what is it that I want out of marriage. What will be like? What will our life be like as a couple? How will we change the world? How will our love for each other 
How will our love in our family affect the world? What is our vision for life? And then maybe I would have been ready to get married. My career can tend towards an infinite game, but my job will always be finite. Most things to do with money are finite. Some relationships are infinite, but not all are meant to last forever. Life is an infinite game. And when I prioritize something finite, say money, over something infinite like relationships or my family, I will always end up losing in the long run. The infinite vision is simply to stay in the game. I have to make decisions so that tomorrow I can get up with hope, be it my marriage, be it my career, be it my vocation, be it my priesthood, whatever it is, be it me taking care of my children, be it me serving the things that are important in life. And this infinite horizon of our life is made up of finite events. Sometimes it can feel like we have setback after setback, suffering after suffering, everything is lost. Maybe it's all bad and it looks bad and I feel like I can't go on anymore. But if I know in my heart who is refereeing the game, I can never lose in the end. This is the God who watched over Elijah, who is watching over me. And he calls me his son, his daughter. He is for me, not against me. The Vietnamese lost almost every battle yet won the war. God does so much more for us. His plans for us are often greater than ourselves. He can turn everything for our good. And on that infinite journey, he comes to sustain us, especially through the sacraments. When we are down and out, he comes to whisper his presence, his unique love for us, that he knows us, that he loves us. If we know his love, we can be renewed. Like Elijah, we can touch him in our prayer, and he makes us come alive through the Eucharist.